You may be seated. I'm on, look up here for a second. Let me have your undivided attention. Judges 6, 29. This man who lived, Gideon, came out of the wine press, the proverbial threshing floor, has an encounter with heaven where heaven tells him who he is. He's a mighty warrior. What he has, he has the strength. And number three, his mission statement, you will defeat the Midianites. An encounter with God will always reveal who you really are. The first thing God does is reveal your true identity. Your true identity is in Jesus. Outside of Christ, there will always be a question regarding the legitimacy of your identity. Your identity is embedded in the person of Christ. When you know who he is, what he did for you, how he lives for you through his spirit, then you know and discover your true identity. God. You discover who God is first. Then you discover what you have in him, through him, for him, by him. And you have everything you need to overcome your current reality. And then you discover your, your purpose statement, your destiny. That's what Gideon did. All through talking with heaven. An encounter with heaven that took him out of the proverbial pit and launched him into the annals of history. Here we are. Then he comes out and he does what? He builds an altar. And then not only does he build an altar, he brings down his father's altar. This is what I want to speak to you about today. Hidden warriors, hidden warriors live in truth while simultaneously bringing down the lies. Let me repeat that. A hidden warrior will live in truth and bring down the lies. Now, I want to put this in perspective for you. He built something, and he brought something down. He built a brand new altar, and he brought down the altar that his father had created for a false god named Baal. The same Baal you hear later on with Jezebel, that you hear with Jezebel, that you hear the stories of Elijah and Elijah and Jezebel and Ahab. The same Baal, the false god, the false idea, the, the cultural gods, idolatry, the false ideologies and worldviews that are out of alignment with the word of God and the will of God and the way of God. He brought it down. This is what he does. He built something and he brought something down. I want to remind you that we are not a religious institution. We are the church. We are technically a religious institution in the meta-narrative form of way. But right now the word religion has a negative connotation because it speaks to a myopic, a dogmatic, sort of legalistic worldview. I want to talk to you about pure Christianity. And pure Christianity is beautiful and pristine and loving. Because the old religion of man that is outside the confines of the grace-filled work of Jesus will tell you that you have to tear this thing down before you build something for God. It, it says this, you have to let, get your life right in order for God to accept you. But that's not what the Bible teaches you. The Bible teaches me and you, we don't have to get our life right in order for God to come in. You have to let God come in in order to get your life right. We hear this, you got to crucify your flesh and the spirit will flow. No, you need the spirit to flow and that spirit will crucify your flesh. Be filled with the spirit and your flesh will, here it is. Notice the special effects. So he, he did this. Now I want you to hear me. This is the verse I'm going to land on. So he did this and then he tore this, oh man, sorry, Pastor Nathan, Pastor Jeff, this was not scripted. We forgot this out of programming, but you guys are union workers and we have a contract. 
Can you come out of here right now and just put this on the floor one more time? Real quick. Pastor Jeff, which is a little bit older, did not hesitate. Pastor Nathan did hesitate for a second there. And I'm not making, and, and look at that. He's not even waiting. This is what I'm talking about. Who said your generation is done with, Pastor Jeff? Come on, that's what I'm talking about. Former NFL football player, Seattle Seahawks, Houston Oilers. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about, PJ. Pastor Nathan, thank you for helping Pastor Jeff out. Whoever raised that boy, oh boy. He did this. Watch this. This is what Gideon did. He built this and he brought one down and he left it in shambles in pieces. He literally did this. He did this. By the way, an altar. What does a modern day altar look like? Your Facebook page is an altar. Your Instagram posting is an altar. Your Starbucks conversation with someone about Jesus, that's an altar you're creating. Your prayer life, your worship life, coming to church on Sunday, coming to church on Wednesday. Your daily commitment, discipline, and prayer and Bible study, these are all altars. Your family time together, and by the way, you shouldn't pray with your family only on Thanksgiving. You should have a weekly family altar at least. If you want to see the devil run out of your family, if you want to see less drama in your home, pray more in your home. The more you pray in your home, the less drama you're going to have in your home. But these are all altars. All these are altars. Absolutely. You build them up. Now watch this. Gideon did this. He built this and he destroyed this. So you both build for God, but you are likewise God's demolition crew. You know how to bring things down. And let me tell you what happened. Judges 6.29. Here's the verse. There came a moment where after he built this, they learned and they said, here it is. The people said to each other, next morning they woke up. The people of the village got up and they saw this. <gasps> Notice they went. <gasps> I, I need me to do it one more time for special effects purposes. <gasps> I don't want to discriminate this group. <gasps> so this is truly what, I'm not making this up. They actually woke up. Now, I, I want to frame this for you. They looked at this and went. Who did this? And they were not happy campers. You read the subsequent verses, we're killing the person who did this. Because he tore down what was there for a while. He tore down institutions, ideas, concepts, constructs, beliefs. Gideon had the audacity to confront a lie. And the, uh, the title of the sermon today is, Who Did This? Let me give you the conclusion already. I am believing, keep the verse up, sunshine. I am believing that by the time this service is over, you're going to be proud of this generation and the next generation looking at you, asking who did this, and you will proudly say, in the name of Jesus, I did. For the sake of my children and my children's children, I'm not going to tolerate a lie. I'm going to confront everything the devil created to put a lid on my children, my children's children. I don't care if it provokes haters. I don't care if it provokes detractors. I don't care if people do not follow me. I don't care if people speak ill about me. I don't care if you call me a Jesus freak, a hallelujah, a zealot. I don't care whatever your names do not define me. I am a child of God. 
and I am anointed to bring down these lies. Listen to me carefully. Listen to me carefully. The, 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 the people did not do this. The people did not go, ah! he built an altar. The people were flabbergasted and they took notice when the false was brought down. You missed it. They never said, oh my goodness, Gideon built an altar to his God. No, they got upset when their false altar was brought down. Oh, you're going to get this in a second. Ladies and gentlemen, permit me to submit to you for your prayerful consideration the following biblically substantiated supposition. We have no issues building altars. Every single day there's a new church planted somewhere. Boy, we have more churches in the world today than ever before in human history. Physical churches. And because of COVID, we have more online churches. We have churches online that don't even have a church. I kid you not. We have more online churches for ministries that well, I'm going to take advantage. I don't have a church. I don't have a building. I don't even have a crowd, but I'm going to have a church. My name is Pastor So-and-so. Welcome to my Facebook Live. And we have more churches now than ever before. We have no problems building platforms and altars. Our problem in the world is not the lack of altars. It's not the lack of Christians building altars. The problem in the world is that Christians just want to build altars while permitting the false altars to continue to... Anybody here with me right now? The problem is not just in you praying. The problem is you're praying, but you're permitting the lie to occupy the same space as your prayer time. Some people live in a lie, and some people live with a lie. But I'm here to tell you that season is about to come to an end. We are about to see Gideons rise up that not only know how to build altars, there's a bunch of courageous moms and dads, millennials and Generation Z that say we love God so much, not only are we going to build something great that will outlast us, but we're going to look at every lie of the enemy and we're not going to permit it to stick around in my generation. We're not going to permit... We're not going to permit the lies of the enemy to stick around in my generation. We're going to bring it down. And the people are going to take notice. Not when you build. Ladies and gentlemen, the world doesn't give a holy hoot if you build a mega church. The world doesn't care if you buy out Arco Arena and fill it up with 15,000 people every Sunday. They're not going to care. But the moment we confront the lies of the enemy, the world will take notice. The world needs a church, not only that gathers, but a church that dares to bring down everything the enemy has created to keep our children and our children's children enslaved by ideas and constructs out of alignment of the word of God. So to all of us committed to building altars, let this be the day that we are similarly activated to bring down the lies of the enemy. We need to deconstruct the altar that was brought up to Baal. And there are things right now in culture and society that the church must confront. We can't be silent. Again, we could be silent. That's complacency. That's, it's this that's going to draw the attention of the world. And the world's going to look at us and they're going to go like, how the same, I'm going to get to the end and come back to the beginning. This is not all the, every single homiletical outline is being chucked down the, right there. This is not going to work out. This is going to provoke something. Ready for this? This was his father's altar. You missed it. 
Gideon tore down his father's altar. Oh, you still missed it. When the villagers got up and they did this, who did this? We're going to kill him. Where is he? We're going to kill him. And they learned that it was Gideon, the son of Joash. We're going to kill him. He tore, Santa Maria, Madre de Dios, he tore that down. He did this. This is what happened. True story. Read it. This is so cool. We're going to kill him. They tore down the altar that Joash built. Oh, my God. We're going to kill him. This is what happened. Watch. Old man comes out. It was Joash, the dad. He said, I know who it was. My son did this to my altar. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all want to kill him. You can't. Why can't you? Because my son was right and I was wrong. What? He says this quote. He says, he did the right thing. I messed up because if Baal was a real God, he would have defended his altar. He would have showed up. But nobody showed up. That means Baal is a false God. That means I repent for what I did. That means my son is not a fugitive. My son is a hero. You're not getting this. There are people that will repent the moment you confront their lie. There are people that will come to Jesus the moment you expose the truth. I'm here to tell you that even the people that were supposed to be against you are going to end up for you the moment you show the courage to bring down what is out of alignment with the word and the will of God. Repentance will come via the conduit of you having the audacity to confront the lie with the truth. But it requires you to do this. It requires you to bring down the false. It requires you to do this. This is critical. And I want you to hear me carefully. There are lies right now that we have to bring down. There's a lie of moral relativism that truth is in the eye of the beholder. That is a lie. No. Ladies and gentlemen, two plus two is four. You can't wake up tomorrow morning and say that it's five and want all of us to believe you that it's five. You can't wake up tomorrow morning and say two plus two is five. And by the way, if you don't believe it's five, then you're discriminating against me. Because now we use that card for absolutely everything. And if you don't believe it's five, because I believe it's five, two plus two is five. Matter of fact, I'm going to go to Sacramento, to the Capitol. I'm going to convince a couple of legislators in Sacramento to pass a law to say that two plus two is five. And they're going to pass a law that says two plus two is five. Then they're going to pass a law at the federal level to the Supreme Court that says anyone who dares verbally say that two plus two is not five is hate speech. That's totally inappropriate. You hate me if you believe that two plus two is five. No, it's two plus two has to be five. And all of a sudden, the church is just drinking the Kool-Aid. And the majority of people are going like, that's just crazy thinking. It's not. Truth is not in the eye of the beholder. There is truth. I want you to know that there is truth that transcends time, culture, generations. And as the church, we have to be the people full of truth. And we have to share truth. And every time a lie comes up, we have to confront it with the truth truth don't tell me but I'm praying about it stop just building altars you have to open up your mouth with love and confront that lie with the truth about human sexuality about the family about
about science and mathematics and physics and human nature, about everything, about God and, and the, the entity of God, the identity of God, about your identity. We cannot let the world say truth is in the eye of the beholder. You, Jesus said, I am the way, the John 14, 6. John 17, 17 says, sanctify them with the truth. The word of God is truth. We need a church that stands up and not only claps and worships. And those that are spirit and power charismatic not only get the on every once in a while. I need you to stand up Monday through Saturday and become a prophet of truth. Become a Gideon. Where every time you see a lie, be it on Facebook, Instagram, your job, your school, your friends. Whenever there's a lie emerging, stand up. Be courageous and speak the truth. You need to say, no, it is. Let me give you one more example here. There's, there's, there's a lie about truth. And there is, and by the, I want to make this clear. The, the, this is very, very, very critical. The, the, the truth of God is much more important than the opinion of man. So you should be defined by truth and not by opinion. And you should be left by the truth of the gospel, not by the opinion of man. There's an idea. How, how can I put this right now? If this, the second big lie is the lie of perpetual fluidity. Perpetual fluidity means that everything is fluid, especially regarding identity. For example, if I wake up tomorrow morning and I am a... The current cultural lie is that, here's the line, I'll even give it to you. You can become whatever you want to be. No, you can't. What, Pastor Sam, that's not cool for our children. No, for my generation, when my mom would tell me, you could be whatever you want to be, she meant fireman, policeman, astronaut, president. There's no limit to your career. That's not the same definition now. When you tell your children you can be whatever you want to be, that means everything. A latte, a car, of different identity, it is open-ended. If you really love your children, you gotta open up your mouth and tell them, I want you to hear me. You are not the way you are by mistake. Yeah. Psalm 139, put it up there quickly. Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. You made the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you, this is your prayer, for making me so wonderfully complex, especially women. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. That, sorry, my wife is here. Your workmanship is marvelous. How will I know it? Here's the point right there. God designed you. God made you. There's a reason why you're white. God made sure you came out white. There's a reason you were born black. God somehow already knew you will be born black. There's a reason I came out caramel macchiato. God already knew that I would be caramel macchiato. And guess what? White is beautiful. Black is beautiful. Brown is beautiful. Asian is beautiful. Indian is native. We're all beautiful. And not only about ethnicity, there's a reason you were born a man. There's a reason you were born a woman. And, and I want you to hear me. God made you a man. God made you a woman. No, I need you to hear me. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. Stop trying to be something you are not. You don't have the right to redesign what
what the architect already created. You don't have that right. God designed you. If you understand this, give God a shout of praise. Please tell your children and your children's children they are beautifully made. You're not born back. You're beautifully made. You are beautiful. You are beautiful. You are beautiful because God is beautiful and you are made in the image of God. Let me get in trouble and let me be banned on social media platforms. When the government says that seven and eight-year-olds have the right to redefine an integral part of their sexual identity, to define themselves as they want, that is just, that is child abuse. That is child abuse. And I am not going to stay quiet as a pastor while Uncle Sam advances child abuse. If you want me to be the kind of pastor that preaches happy-go-lucky messages, you're in the wrong place. I'm sorry. I've already built some altars. Now, this time of my life, I'm going to tear some altars down. I'm looking for a bunch of people that will join me, not only in building altars, but you have the audacity to bring down every lie of the enemy, to bring down all the lies that come from the pit of hell. No, it's not right. It's not right. And one more thing, now that we're tearing down the altar, we're about to land it. I have to land it now. One more thing. I said it before in a Wednesday. I'm going to say it now. I alluded to it last week, but I got to say it now because now it's going viral even more. It's going viral. You all seen it on Instagram. It's going crazy. So I'm going to say it, Dr. Garza. That's it because I, I've done this. I've done this for so long, and it's cool to continue doing this. But I'm going to do this, Pastor Nathan. I have to do this because I have children and my children's children. And again, the world's not going to take notice because I did this. The world's not going to go, oh, Pastor Sam, he built that mega church. No. They're going to say, Pastor Sam, he brought down the false altars that were dedicated to Baal. <laughs> They're going to say, because of new season, because of Nick Garza and Jeff Carter and Nathan and Mercedes, because of you, each and every one of you, there were things that should have suffocated a generation, but those things came down in the name of Jesus. We're going to tear down every altar. So we're not going to be silent. Right now there's this big thing. There's a big thing that says, so help me God, it's a thing. It says this. I'm going to say it. It says this. It's, and it's coming from even some Christians. Actually, it's coming from Christians, which is weird. This is what they're saying. Have you seen it? It's gone viral on Instagram. It says, go to the church where the people voted just like you. It says, if you voted for Biden and Harris, go to a church where everyone else voted for Biden and Harris. If you voted for Trump, go to the church where everybody voted for Trump. So let me just, cameraman, look at me. With great due deference, not only is that antithetical to scripture, not only is it not of God, it's division and discord, but let me make it clear, with great due deference to all of them, Donald Trump didn't die and resurrect for me. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris did not shed the blood. I didn't hear Joe Biden say, it is finished. I didn't hear Mike Pence or Kamala Harris say, ladies and gentlemen, the only one that died for me, the only one that resurrected for me, the only one that ascended and sent the Holy Spirit is the only one who's going to get my worship. 
I'm going to respect the politician, but I will worship Jesus. He's the one that gets the honor, and, the, and my future is not in the hands of Donald J. Trump. God bless him. Mike Pence, God bless him. Joe Biden, Kamala, God bless him. My future and my children's future is in the hands of the one who is on the throne. Is there anybody here who understands this? We got to bring down the lie that politics define us. If you're ready to bring down some lies, raise your hand. I'm going to get in trouble and I don't care anymore. Because there's too much love. Love. Love will prompt you. Will prompt you to speak up and not stay silent. Out of love. I got to tell you the truth. We got to confront the lie that the baby in the womb is a political issue. Every child is sacred in the womb and out of the womb. And as a church, we can't permit millions of more babies to die in the womb. We have to build a firewall. I don't care what political party you are. I don't care what affiliation. That doesn't matter. We have to speak on behalf of those that can't speak for themselves. We, gotta, we have to bring down the lies of perpetual racial discord. We're going to bring every time racism comes up because it is a sin and cer certain individuals, if they live in sin, they, there are races out there. And the moment they come up, we're going to stand up as a church and we're going to bring that racist spirit down. But we're going to do it. We're going to do it, not, not in the name of Republicans, Democrats, or a movement of men. We're going to do it in the name above every other name. Bring down the lies. And the last one. This just happened. I want to bring down the lie in the state of California, Michigan, and different states across America that have in the past five days declared, quote, churches are not essential. I want to bring down that lie. I'm not speaking to any particular individual, but I am. You can't keep the liquor store open and tell me to shut down. You can't keep the casino open and tell me to shut down. You can't keep the abortion clinic open and tell me to shut down. You can't keep the cannabis stores open and tell me to shut down. We are the church. We're not Starbucks. We're not cannabis. We're not casino. We are the living church of Jesus Christ. And the gates of hell shall not, will not, cannot, may not, no way, no how prevail against us. If you all believe that, shout like you know this has us. Stand with me. You're already standing. Sorry, Pastor Nate, for being so hardcore here today.
I'm not a fundamentalist in respect to, I don't, I'm not one of those that, I'm a faith and science guy. COVID is real. We protect ourselves. You wear masks. You, you protect the most vulnerable. I'm not that guy that says, go out there and do whatever you, no, no, no. We got to be careful. My family lived it. I know it firsthand. I saw my daughter. She was in ICU. So I get this. So I'm not that guy taking an extreme measure. We're both prophetic and pragmatic. But man, you can't be discriminating against me. Don't, how can you tell me that picking up some cold malt liquor is much more important than listening to the word of God? How can you tell me that Jack Daniels is much more important than Jesus Christ? You don't know Jack if you believe that. You may know Jack, too much of it actually. Nah, and listen, you know, my, my, I'm done with, I'm, we're done, I'm sorry for being so, I'm not sorry. But we, we just can't be the kind of church that says, everything the government says, we do, I don't care what party it is, I don't give a holy hoot about the party. I would have been equally as pushback on any party, in, in, in any government that says, you can't pray in your house with your, what? That actually happened. Do you realize this year? We were told that we couldn't gather with X amount of, you cannot, have, matter of fact, he said, you cannot have prayer gatherings in your home. At the same time, certain individuals who say not to gather and have parties, my point to you is, No, too much, you've gone too far. You crossed the line. We're not wimps, we're not robots. If the government tells me, take your kids out in the street and let the government truck run them over, is there any line that we're not willing to cross? Uncle Sam, you're just an uncle, you're not my heavenly father. You got to bring this down. You got to bring it down. You got to bring down. And if you do it, the Bible doesn't say Gideon had a temper tantrum and he was angry and he cursed everyone else. No. Everything you do, you do out of love. It's truth and love. Love changes the world. We're full of truth, but we're not the angry church. Even when we speak of righteous indignation... I'm going to pray for you because I love you. <laughs> I really do, actually. I don't even question the motive. Some, some do. I don't think people are doing it because they have this conspiracy to destroy the church. I think they're just naive. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. Some of y'all going like, Pastor, they're doing it to shut down the church. <laughs> no, they must be. They, they can't be doing that because they'll reap the consequences of that. They have no idea who they're playing with because it's not Sam. It's not Billy. Like, I don't own this church. This is the church that belongs to I'm final. I'm going to conclude today by asking you, and we're a little bit over time. We usually are. I hope you've, 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 you've sensed my transparent heart as I deliver the word of God through the spirit of God. I just don't want to be the guy that builds the altars. We need a church that will dare confront the lies and bring them down. 
And we will be known more for what we bring down than even the things that we build up. Because sometimes we become enamored with our names being placed on our altars. And it's about our brand and name. But you can't place your name on something you bring down. So God gets all the glory. Raise your right hand. If you want to repeat this prayer, you don't have to. You don't. If you want to repeat this prayer at your discretion, led by the Holy Spirit, just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I stand committed and convicted by your Spirit to continue to emerge as a modern-day Gideon. I was a hidden warrior, but now I'm able to come out. I will continue to build altars in my family, in my home, in my relationships, in my business, in my church, in my community, in my postings. I will build something that will give you the glory and point to Jesus. But not only that, today, I likewise commit, I promise, not just to build altars, but to bring down the lies, to bring down the false altars with truth and love for the sake of my children and my children's children. All in the name of Jesus, all for the glory of Christ. In Jesus' name, if you believe the prayer you just made, give God the best praise you've given him today. children will never be confused about their sexual identity. Your children will never see themselves less than what they are beautiful in the, in the eyes of God. Your children will never look at another person who doesn't look like them and see them anything less. To so you are, you and me, woo, this is beautiful. That's what we're prophesying, what we're declaring here. Your children will not live in poverty. And I don't mean just financial. I mean spiritual and mental poverty. Never. You all believe that with me? In Jesus' name. Somebody give me my book, please. I won't dismiss you. If you receive today, if this was a little bit too rough, I promise you next week we'll be massaged. I'm kidding. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just, I told you it was going to be rough. It's just, but it is, what I just, I want my, this is the book. It finally got here. The real book just got here. Survive to Thrive. I wrote this book in the middle of COVID. And I always have one of my children come and read the dedication. I'm going to ask my eldest daughter to come up here. She's our Spanish ministry pastor. You already met Evie. Say hello to Evie. Evie, hold this book. This is so you get every year, every time I write a book, I have one of you. And I'm running out of kids because I have more books. So I don't know what to do. What do we do next after kids? Grandkids? That's so cool. Um, here it is. I mean, are you going to give me more grandkids? Well, you already gave me three grandkids. No? You don't want to go there right now? I'm tired. I'm tired? <laughs> you know, there is Netflix. You understand that, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just saying. Okay. This is a dedication. I, can you just read a dedication here and read it out loud for the audience, please? Dedication. Go ahead. So he surprised me with this this morning, and I hate being caught off guard. Uh, he dedicated it. It says, I dedicated this book to our eldest daughter, Yvonne, 
You survived life valleys, including COVID in the ICU, and you refused to just survive, you thrived. Your father loves you. In the month of July, the first week of July, my daughter ended up with COVID in ICU. Uh, our family was hit. We didn't get it from the church. We know where we got it from, Houston, Texas. Don't ask any questions. We actually traced it. We got it from Houston. Um, and she ended up, I, I was asymptomatic. Nate was asymptomatic. She, and she ended up, because she has gay birth, her immune system was down. She ended up in the ICU. And I was driving my Jeep Wrangler with no top because it's Cali. And I'm driving down. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm, here it is, full confession, I was broken. Because I've never had one of my kids in this predicament. And I was broken. And I, I'm the pastor, and I'm going, God, you're, you know, what we all do, right? Even because I'm just being honest. I did the whole thing that I tell you that you shouldn't be doing. I did it. <laughs> I'm, I'm human. So I did, I did the whole, God, but where are your promises? I did that. I go, God, and I know you're real, because my God, I don't doubt you for a bit. But this is, this is my baby girl. And I'm praying for her, and I'm jacked. And jacked is a theological term for jacked. I'm in pieces all by myself. Truth disclosure, there's a latte there. That's a different story. So um, there always is. So I'm, I'm going, and the Holy Spirit, Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 12. Jehoshaphat prayed and said, God, I have no idea what to do next. That was my prayer. I have no idea what to do next. The Spirit of God showed up in my Jeep Wrangler and said, right now, I'm going to give you a sign and a wonder. My, I have sent my angels to invade her room. She will bear witness that the angels invaded her room. Later on, we, it's not like I texted her and said, Evie, God told me that right now. Then she related to me. Tell her what happened. This is real cool. About, I mean, it's just God invaded. Talk to her. Yeah, there were... Several instances where I felt things, but in one of them, a more prominent one was that I felt a peace. Once they transferred me to, from the ICU to recovery, I felt literally tangible beings and angels in the room with me. She tells me this yeah. without me texting her, telling her, I just prayed this. Yeah. And it happened. I get back home. My wife is there. She bears witness. I just made this prayer. And I speak to her doctor. I had access to her doctor. And they went, well, this, you know, things just flipped, Mr. Rodriguez. She's no longer in that critical condition. Something just happened. We're putting her in recovery. And something just dramatically shifted completely. How many believe prayers work in Jesus' name? So, Evie, this is your book. We love you, sweetheart. Survive to thrive. Thank you for the grandkids. And uh, next time, purchase another copy just to continue to, you know, the family legacy. Build the family altar. All right. We, we pick up your copy if you haven't picked it up. If you order it between now and Tuesday morning, matter of fact, tomorrow midnight is the last day you get three free books. After that, next Sunday, I'm going to be here signing books. CDC recommendations, and mask, whatever. We'll do that. We'll have that. 
So, but we're going to sign books next week. We're going to have the book available next week for you. But if you haven't bought a copy, get your free three e-books if you purchase before tomorrow midnight. Go online. That graphic should be up, and it's not April. Oh, my gosh. I just feel you're miserable. Bring down the altar, please. So that's what should be happening. So make sure that happens, please. Go to the website. Purchase the book. On Wednesday, you want to miss a Bible study. It's going to be incredible. Dr. Nick Garza is so on fire that he has tens of thousands of people viewing every single Wednesday. Unbelievable, incredible Bible study every single Wednesday. Be here on Wednesday or watch us online. Next Sunday, we'll have a special message I'm going to share with you. God already planted in my heart what I'm going to share with you. So be here next Sunday. Here's the benediction. Oh, by the way, the most important thing. If you have never received Jesus in your life, ever, this is that day. All you have to do right now, if you want to get your life right with God, just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I confess with my mouth, believe with my heart that Jesus is Lord and Savior of my life. That he died on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. And he resurrected to give me eternal life, new life, and abundant life. There is no other way but Jesus. If it's the first time you make that prayer, welcome to the body of Christ and the body of the redeemed. And if you're here, lift your hand. We want to give you a book free. And if you're online, we likewise want to give you a book free so we can begin our discipleship journey together in this thing called the Christian life. May the strength of the Father, we kept you a little bit over time more than usual. The football games being played today are not that important. May the strength of the Father, Pittsburgh is on fire anyway. May the strength of the Father, the, sorry, oh, yo, yes, oh my man, go. The grace of the Son, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, make this week the best week of your life. Hey, saints, be safe. We love you. Let's do one thing together. Ready? Let's go change the world. God bless you. God keep you.